0: This is Pastor Chadwick King. I hope you enjoy the ministry of God's holy word today provided by the Promise Center Media Ministry. Please share this lesson or sermon with your friends and family. And may the Lord bless you. Matthew chapter six and nine, and we are in a sermon series called Your Kingdom Come. Matthew chapter six and nine, we've been reading, Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today our daily bread, and forgive us our debts, as we also forgive our debtors. And lead us not, and this is our point today, lead us not to temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. Deliver us from the evil one. Today I want to talk about spiritual warfare. Today I want to talk about the devil. Now what I'm going to tell you is, number one, we do believe in the devil here, but he's like, itty bitty, okay? And we'll talk about that in just a moment, all right? It's interesting, Barna, the Barna group that does these studies, they found that 79% of people who say they're Christians in North America, actually, uh, only 79 have a biblical view of God, that God is actually omniscient, omnipresent, He's everywhere, He's all-knowing, uh, He's omnipotent, He's all-powerful, a biblical view of, 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 of God. And then only, I think it's like 48% of Christians, professing Christians, believe in the devil, Okay? Now, I get that. I get that um, there is maybe uh, hyper too much talk about it, and there's some maybe not enough talk about it. I love what D.L. Moody said. He said, there's two reasons I believe in the devil. One, because the Bible says so. And number two, I've done some business with him. All right? So some of you have done some business with the devil, and you get it. You're like, yeah, there's darkness in the world. There's there's evil in the world. And so we got to, we got to figure this out so there's there's those who say no devil and it's just all kumbaya and even those who say what Jesus said on the cross the devil's gone and and that's not exactly true in fact in the book of Acts after Jesus left uh, they were still casting out devils so so that's not exactly true and we can get to that in just a moment but then there's the other side and that's the extreme that everything's the devil right your lawnmower doesn't work it's the devil your kids are not obeying it's the devil right and uh I, I went to Bible college and while we were there, I had some friends. They were like super hyper. Like we went to a restaurant. It was like, ooh, ooh, something here. And they'd come out, and the, the server would bring the french fries, and one would be burnt. They'd be like, oh, 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 burnt french fry, and it's, pound, it's pointing south. What does this mean? What does this mean? Right? And uh, so, so uh, or they go to In-N-Out, and, and their, their, their number, you know, the order number at the top, they're going to call your number at 6-6, and they're like, uh-oh, can't, can't eat that burger it's too close to 666, come on, I can't eat that burger, right, you know, just kind of like that, and then we had a, a lady a while back, she, she came and said, hey, you know, all this texting, how many people enjoy texting, it's nice to just be able to shoot a text and not have to do the whole, hello, how are you doing, just shoot, some. hey, down the street, almost there, whatever, and she said, all this texting, people are, people are starting to open up because that, that LOL, you know, people say LOL, how many knows what LOL means, right, laugh out loud she says what they're really saying is lucifer our lord she's like she's like what what do you think about that and i said what do you mean i'm just kidding i didn't do that to her i would never do that to anybody i would never do that to anybody but so super super extreme right and so we want to we want to have a biblical vintage point of of this subject and, and I first want to say this, that, that we, we, don't, we, we are in a spiritual battle. And if you, if you live long enough, you're going to realize that, that there are spiritual battles. I'm not talking about physical I'm talking about like spiritually where you go, I'm going through something spiritually. You realize this is a spiritual battle. Um, and, then, and then there's also the point that if you're not in a battle now, um, maybe you've come out of a battle. And if you are not in a battle and you haven't just come out of a battle, then you're probably soon going to be in a battle. Because this is a spiritual battle. Struggle. There's a there's a there's a tug-of-pull. In fact, Ephesians 6 and 10 says this Finally, watch this, finally be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. Put on the full armor of God so you can take your stand against the devil's schemes. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers and against authorities, against the powers of this dark world, and against spiritual forces of evil in heavenly realms. So so there is that struggle, and again, that struggle is not something that you can just take a vacation and forget about. Okay? It's not a physical thing, it's a spiritual thing. And we'll talk about that in just a moment. But I want to give you a scripture that Paul wrote. He's writing to the, cor- the Corinthian church, 2 Corinthians 2 and 11. And he says this Lest Satan should get an advantage of us. Well, how could he do that? for we are not ignorant of his devices. So he, he's given this, this information, being like, hey, guys, guard against this, and another guard against this, and, and I'm going to give you some things because we don't want Satan to get an advantage of us. And the only way he can get an advantage of us is if we're ignorant about his devices. So I believe God doesn't want us to be ignorant of how the devil schemes and works. So I'm going to give you a couple things. Number one, um, Satan, and this is on the back of your worship guide. Would you get your worship guide and take this and, and, and write some notes down? And, and as you're listening and following along, write those notes. And as the Lord begins to speak to your heart, write those notes. The Holy Spirit's going to start speaking to you and through you. And just start writing those down because you want to, you want to get that. God is going to speak to somebody here today. And he's going to speak to you today in a special way. And we want to capture what God is saying. So Satan will most likely attack, watch this, number one. After making a next step toward God. Whatever that next step is. Remember Jesus gets water baptized. Heaven's open. Voice, dove. Oh, John the Baptist is like, I must decrease. He must increase. And it's like, it can't get any better than this. And then the four verses later, he's in our wilderness being tempted by Satan. Make a big proclamation, a big moment. Uh, we, should, we should almost like in our growth track or in our... In our uh, pre-baptism like like uh orientation like let let people know hey you're getting baptized because they were like i got baptized like all hell broke loose We're like you're doing something right right can i get a witness from somebody in the house you start taking a step because the devil doesn't mind with peaceful coexistence like we'll just we're just going to be kind of like mummies in the kingdom of god but as soon as you start moving forward he kind of gets scared amen he kind of gets scared so so we, we, it's, it's next steps I heard about a man who he wanted to, to elevate he wanted to get a raise so he went into his boss's office he said hey i I need a raise I'm I've got a couple companies that are actually after me and I need to I want to raise and the, the, the boss said man you're, you're very valuable to us and I'll give you a five percent raise how's that sound and the guy's like that's awesome. And he, he's heading out, and the boss says, hey, so, hold on, stop. He said, I'm just curious, what companies are, are after you? He said, the electric company, the water company, the cable company. <laughs> All right, so, uh, yeah, anyway, so, <laughs> but but for every new level, there there is sometimes a new devil. There's a new, there's a new tension that you have to press through in fact the bible says that that men press into the kingdom The kingdom of heaven suffer violence the violent take it by force and, and you're not going to have a lot of forward movement without some tension and some things and so we do walk in a natural world but there are spiritual elements that we have to understand number two write this down satan will most likely attack number two when you are emotionally and physically drained Okay? When you're tired and you're worn out and you're depleted. In fact, that's when Jesus was in the wilderness. He was on a fast. It was warm. He had no water. The Bible says he hungered. Right? He's there in that moment, and that's when Satan comes. He comes when you're physically, emotionally, and even spiritually drained. That's when he's going to come. Okay? He's going he's to wait for that moment. There was a study done by Mark Myravan, PhD at the University of Albany. And they did this study. It's a very interesting study, well-known study. They brought all these students into the classroom and they divided them into two groups. One group will be over here and they had all these radishes out on plates that you can have as many radishes as you want, but you can't have the cookies. The other group over here can have the fresh, warm, baked chocolate chip. Come on, can I get an amen from somebody in the house? That's the side I wanna be on. And they were over here and they said, you can eat the cookies, but you can't eat the radishes. Wah, 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 right? And so they're, they're in the room for like 30 minutes. They don't realize they're being watched and recorded. They're watching this as a social science and these two groups. And so like there was even some people from the radish side that walked over and looked at the cookies and smelt the cookies. And they were like a little perturb, but, but they were using their willpower to not eat the, the cookies. Well, finally, the professor walks in and says, hey, I'm giving you guys um, these equations that you need to solve. You're gonna put them up on the board and, and you, this group over here is gonna work on this and you're gonna work over here. And so the group that had radishes that had expended more willpower to not eat the cookies, they only lasted like 10 minutes, 12 minutes before they gave up. They're like, we're done. One guy even flipped the chair. Like, they were, People started arguing. on the. And then this group over here, they went like 20, 25 minutes before they gave up. They're like, there's no answer, is there? And then the professor comes in and says, there's no answer. The point isn't figuring out the, the deal. The point is, we want to see how long you could go. Because the study was, here's the question. Is willpower a gift a skill or is it more like a muscle something that gets tired over time and what they discovered is is that willpower is like a muscle you know a skill is like I can make omelets so if I can make omelets today I can make omelets tomorrow and I can make omelets the next day right you don't lose the skill right but willpower is a muscle that's why most mistakes construction most mistakes um, with doctors, they happen in the evening when people have been expended. Their 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 willpower, they've been managing things, and they've been ex- and so their willpower goes down. That's why you get frustrated at the end of the day. If you're like me, you wake up like it's a beautiful morning, and then you're a dragon by 9:30 p.m. You're like, I just want to go to bed. Kids go to sleep. Can I get an amen from somebody who can give me a whistle? Okay, all right. And so you just your willpower, you and so the enemy comes. He's going to come when you're weak. Do you know statistically that most most acts of immorality happen at the end of a day? Right? Why? Because willpower. So you've got to guard yourself. You've got to protect yourself. And you've got to realize, hey, I'm, I'm weak and I'm vulnerable right now. And that's when the enemy likes to pounce. In fact, my kids... My my kids love natural uh, the 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 National Geographic like the animal hunts. Have you seen those before? Like like the lion chasing the gazelle. And I walk in, they're on the little computer, and they're like and they're like the the animals like eating in the blood and like what are you guys watching? And I'm like stuck on like this is amazing, and uh, what they found is like the the, the lions even the, the the wolves they'll wait and they'll watch and they'll find the one that's wounded or sick or the one that that can't run as fast. They'll study. They're gonna find the weak one. They're gonna find the weakness and that's what they're gonna go after. And so that's how uh, that works. Uh, Number three, uh, immediately, write this down, immediately before a major breakthrough. Immediately before, you're gonna find a temptation. You're gonna find struggle, resistance. Immediately, immediately before a major breakthrough. All right, uh, they're going. The children of Israel are about to go into the promised land, and Satan comes with a temptation. And that temptation is Satan's going to try to get the body of Moses and, and bring it out and bring that body and parade it. And, and the Bible says that God sends Michael. Why? Because a great temptation, a great deception was going to be tried to brought before the children of Israel went into the promised land to keep them from going in. A rocket, whenever it's going into the atmosphere and stratosphere, there's so much resistance, but then when it breaks through... There's no resistance, no gravity. In fact, I think I, I, think I heard, I think it was like 50, over 50% or something like that of the gas in the rocket is used for the first 50 feet. Just to get it like 50 feet off the ground, to get that thrust going. And so we're pushing, we're pressing. The Bible says we press into the kingdom, right? We're pushing, we're pressing, but there's a breakthrough coming. I just want to tell somebody today, there's a breakthrough coming in your life. Amen. I'm going to give you five devices of of Satan, how he works, so we know when he works. But five devices. You can write this down in your notes. Number one, he uses fear. Everybody say fear. Fear. He uses fear. 1 Peter 5 and 8, be alert, be sober mind. Your enemy, the devil, prowls like a roaring lion. He wants to devour. What does the roaring lion mean? So, I, try, I, I can't do this. I wish I had the, the, the deep roar. I can't do it. I just can't. I, I would try it, but then you'd laugh at me, and I'd feel really bad, and I wouldn't be able to finish the sermon, all right? So here's the, the lion roars, and whenever you have a high pitch, you can fi- on high pitch, you can, you can determine which direction, but the, the, the roar, that deep roar, it gets into the floor. It gets into the seats. It gets into the wall. You can't tell. It's called omni-sound. You can't tell which direction it's coming from. A deep bass so what it does is the prey hears the sound and it doesn't know which way it's coming from it paralyzes the prey and the enemy makes this sound he wants you to think he's big he's bad he's tough and and all of a sudden you're paralyzed and in fear you start making the wrong decisions fear is not the opposite of faith fear is the opposite of love perfect love casts out all fear when you are in your father's love, when you are walking with God, there's no fear. He's got my back. He's with me. He's my protector. He's my Abba Father, right? And so fear is a result of being out of relationship. Okay, this is how the enemy works. In fact, there's, uh, Tim Downs writes about uh, psychological operations of how um, in warfare uh, they would use psyops to, to, to trick the enemy One of the first people to use this was back, Alexander the Great, a 30-year-old, 31, 32-year-old, who conquers the whole world. He used this. They would retreat. They'd be fighting an army, and they'd do a fake retreat. And when they were retreating, they would leave the shields and the armor and the helmets. But they made these shields for people who were 10 feet tall. And so they were chasing them, looking at the shield. And they are going, these men are giants. And it was psychological warfare. And this is what the enemy does. He wants to make himself sound so big, so tough, so rough, so bad of the bone. People have such a misnomer about Satan. They're like, oh, yeah, he's everywhere. No, he's not. Paul said uh, the seat of Satan is right over here. He was actually given his, like, where Satan was. He's not everywhere. He cannot be everywhere. He's not like God. He's a fallen angel who doesn't even have the keys to his own house anymore. Okay? Watch this, Isaiah chapter 14 and verse 16. This is where it talks about Lucifer, the son of the morning, who falls. And I'm going to just give, read this one verse. Those who, see you stare, uh, those who see you stare at you, they ponder your faith. Is this the man who shook the earth and made the kingdoms tremble? When we see the devil, when it's all said and done, the world's going to go, is this him? This is the one? He's a peon. He's a parasite. He's nothing. In fact, the devil has no power over you. The only thing he can do is intimidate you. The only thing he can do is get you to self-destruct. The only thing he can do is try to make himself bigger. But he's not stronger. If he needs to be a snake, he'll be a snake. If he needs to be a lion, he'll be a lion. He'll be a dragon in the old town. Whatever, he has no power. It took one little nameless angel in the book of Revelation to cast him out. One, didn't need an army. It's done. We're not fighting for victory. We're fighting from victory. We have victory for what Jesus did 2,000 years ago. Number two, number two. The devices of Satan, number two, write this down, strong temptation. You're going to feel st- strong temptation coming. You're going to be like, it's coming from every direction, all right? I heard a story about a man who, he was, he was, fighting, he was fighting the spirit of gluttony. Anybody been there before? Hallelujah, amen. And so he was like, I got to lose weight. And so every morning on his way to work, he would stop by a donut shop and get some donuts. So he said, if I'm going to do this, I got to go a different route. I can't go by, uh, you know, Claire's donut shop at 7 20 a.m. in the morning so he gets so one morning like eight ten weeks later he's driving and he accidentally is on the old route and he goes by the donut shop he's like he said okay lord if you want me to eat a donut he said let there be a a parking spot right in front (laughs) and he came to the to the office and, and and he had a bunch of donuts He told the story. He said, I told the Lord, if if he wanted me to have a donut, there'd be a parking spot right up front. He said, after eight times around the block, God opened that door. God just opened that door. All right. Isaiah 54 and 17. No weapon that is fashioned against you shall succeed. Because this tells us two things. We're, We're destined to reign. We're destined to win. But more than that, no weapon that's fashioned against you. That means that the enemy prepares he studies because he wants to hit you when you're down he wants to find your weakness right. he knows what your proclivities are he knows what your issues are it's a weapon that is fashioned just for you right. a weapon that's got your name on it that's what the bible says in fact we have some fijian uh uh Families in our church, and we love them very much. I don't, I don't know if they're out there, If you are, God bless you. We love you. But one of our. The Fijian brothers was telling me last year, because fe- last February they had that big hurricane that came through. In fact, it wasn't even a hurricane. It was it was Winston. It was a tropical storm, but it devastated the island and it knocked down people. Were, people were killed. And here's what happened. And he was talking to me. He said, "This is this is what happened. It had nothing to do <clears throat> with with the the actual speed. What happened was that that tropical storm came from the east, but kind of came around and came from back." from the west and they said all, all the storms come from the east so all the buildings are made strong to resist from the east but this one came from the west and it destroyed everything because it came at our weak side right. wow. and this is what the enemy does he's going to find your weak side and he's going to come after it because his job, he wants to kill, still and destroy amen? alright number, number three he's going to bring condemnation condemnation. Now what's the difference between conviction and condemnation? Conviction is godly sorrow. It draws me to God. Condemnation is the sorrow of this world. It pushes me away from God. God's never going to forgive you. God doesn't love you. You're a loser. You've gone too far. I, I hate that spirit that tells people they've gone too far. Let me just tell you, God found a man by the name of Saul who was murdering Christians, saved him, anointed him, blessed him, sent him out, and he became the Apostle Paul who brought the gospel to the Gentiles. So on your worst day, I don't think you're worse than Saul. Amen. Amen? You haven't gone too far, but the enemy will lie to you and tell you that you have. Revelation 12 and 10, watch this. Revelation 12 and 10. Then I heard a loud voice in heaven saying, Now have come the salvation and the power of the kingdom of our God, the authority of his Messiah, for the accuser of our brothers and sisters who accuses them before God day and night. Did you know that Satan... All he wants to do is accuse, 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 accuse. I know what you did. I know what you did. I know what you did. That's who you are. That's who you are. You'll always be that. You'll never be different. That's who you are. That's all he does remind you, remind you, remind you, remind you, remind you of your past. Accuses you before God. There you are in the struggle of your life. But watch what the Bible says as we keep reading. They triumphed over him by the blood of the Lamb and by the word of their testimony. Oh, man, that is awesome. Why? Because the word of their testimony is the same thing that Satan is telling God. Same story. But when you add the blood of the lamb to the story, it becomes a testimony. So Satan is saying, Satan saying, hey, they failed. They did this. They did that. But you add the blood of the lamb, and they say, yeah, that's what I was. That's my testimony. That's my story. I can help others. I can preach. Paul never, never dismissed the fact that he killed Christians. He used it in his narrative of the gospel. He said, my gospel. Because it was a part of his story. It was a part of underneath the meta-narrative of the, what Jesus did. But under that was Paul's story. He wasn't bashful about that. He goes, this is what I was. But the blood covers it, and now it's my story. I can go into any city and say, you know what? You hate this, I hated it more. Right. 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 Come on, somebody. I'm telling you, this is you can if you can realize that your story doesn't have to condemn you, you can talk about it, you can share it, and you can be a blessing to somebody else. The enemy wants to think, make you think that you gotta hide and bury it. You gotta say, Lord, redeem it and use it for your glory. Number four, move it along. Number four, spiritual fatigue. He's going to bring spiritual fatigue. Lack of prayer and focus. Lack of prayer and focus. Spiritual fatigue. Spiritual fatigue. Watch what Daniel says. Daniel 7. And he shall speak great words against the Most High and shall wear out the saints of the Most High. Where are you down? 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 He wants you to stop praying. He wants you to stop coming to church. He wants you to stop worshiping. He wants to wear you down spiritually, a fatigue. This is not a rest that you can get by by you know going to the beauty salon, guys. I'm trying to help you a little bit. Uh, this is not a rest that you can get by getting a a, a Thai foot massage, which awesome. Um, but but. This is, this is not that kind of rest. This is a rest that happens within the soul. This is the kind that only Jesus can give. He said, I will give you rest. My burden is not heavy. I want to give, come unto me all that are heavy laden, and I will give you rest, okay? So many people are losing the battle against the enemy because they don't have the rest of the Spirit. You need the Spirit living in you, bubbling over. Be full of the Holy Spirit. How do we do that? Prayer. But the enemy wants you to stop praying because he knows if you pray, the Bible says if we pray in the Spirit, we build up our most holy faith. Yes. How have we overcome the world? By our faith. Yes. Right. Amen? See, says all interconnected. He wants to create fatigue. Some of you, you, you used to have the prayer life. You used to be able to, to walk in that faith and dimension, but he's warned you. You're distracted. You're not focused, and that's what he does. He gets you, gets you out of alignment. Number five, self-destruction. This is important because the enemy cannot destroy you, but he wants you to destroy yourself. The, the, the devil that filled that man, 10,000 devils. 10,000 devils. He was cutting himself. He was hurting himself. He was wounding himself. Why? Because the enemy wants you to self-inflict. He wants you to destroy. That doesn't just mean physical. That can be spiritual. Destroy relationships. When someone is influenced, possessed, oppressed by, a, by the evil spirits of this world or par, come, under that, come under that darkness, we start hurting one another. Take the spirit of Cain and we kill our brother. Destroy, we destroy, we destroy what God has put into our lives, amen? Genesis 3 and 4, Genesis chapter 3 and 4 says this, as, as Satan comes to Eve and says, can you not eat the tree? Looks pretty good. She goes, We well, can't eat, God said. He said, if we eat it, we die. And this is the lie, this is, he's the father of all lies, this is the lie, the first lie in the scripture, at least. You will not surely die. He could have, Satan could have said, Eve... God didn't say that. The lie that he, there was a million different lies he could, but the lie he chose to lie to Eve with was you can do what you want. There's no repercussions. He wanted her to self-destruct. He wanted Adam to self-destruct. He wanted them to be far from God. In fact, There's an interesting story of a man by the name of Balak in the Old Testament. He was a Moabite king, and he wanted to get rid of the Hebrews. The Hebrews are on their way to the promised land, and this is what he does. He hires a prophet to go and curse the children of Israel. And so Balaam, he's on his way, and he goes, he starts to curse, and all he can say is blessings. Doesn't work. Goes back, hey, it's not working. Try again. Goes out to curse him. All he can do is bless him. What do we do? The third time, he's on a donkey, and the donkey stops. Is like, what are you doing? The donkey talks to him. He's like, are you dumb? You can't curse what God has blessed. Right. So Balaam finally goes back to Balak. Is like, hey, we can't, we, we, can't, I don't, we can't curse these people. He said, but I got an idea. If we can get them worldly, if we can get them committing sin, we won't have to do it. They'll be enemies, God, uh, the God of enemies, uh, God's enemies. God will take care of them. And so that's what they did, infiltrate sin. Let me just tell you, the devil can't touch you. But if he can get you off track, he can get you out of alignment. There's certain things that God cannot bless, certain actions he cannot bless. Is this okay? Are you guys okay with me? I'm not trying to be mean. I'm just trying to help you overcome. We've overcome evil. We've overcome evil with good. Amen? So I'm going to give you four keys very quickly to overcoming Satan. You can write this down in your notes. Submission to God, number one. Submission to God. Now you're going, well, that's a strange first one. Shouldn't the first one be like, we're going to come against the devil like gangbusters? We're going to go out to the streets and we're going, to, we're going to march around the city and we're going, to, we're going to hold up signs and we're going to tell all the evil people. You know, We're going to tell them, hey, you, you do this and you don't recycle and you use bad language and da, da, da. Ah, Is that how we win? No. Here's how we win. We start by submitting our lives to God. Why? Because spiritual warfare started when an angel became unsubmitted. That's how... The spiritual battle began with Lucifer. He became unsubmitted. He wanted to become higher than God. Boom, he fell like lightning. So this whole struggle is basically come from angels that have come out of alignment. Rogue angels. It's a crazy book, this Bible, but it's amazing. All right? Watch this. James 4 and 7. James 4 and 7 submit yourselves therefore to god resist the devil he will flee from you a lot of people misquote this they just quote the one the last part resist the devil he'll flee from you no 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 no! not till we submit ourselves to god when we get under what god has put over us then we can get over what god has put under us when we come into alignment with god i submit myself that's why authority is so important that's why the whole kingdom is about authority The entire kingdom is about authority. It's about God moving authority down. The oil of the Aaron, it moves down. It runs down and out. People say, I don't want to be submissive. That's a place of weakness. So that's the strongest place to be is when we come under God's authority. In fact, Jesus, the man Christ Jesus became submitted to the Spirit. Did you know that? He submitted completely. Wow, what an idea. What a novel concept. And when it was all said and done, because he did that, the Bible says all power in heaven and earth has been given to him. The most powerful place is found when we humble ourselves in our place. Does that make sense? When we come under subjection. That's why we try to teach our kids... You know, our kids, I'm not trying to throw them on the bus, but they're not perfect. And whenever there's maybe an issue at school, the teacher says, hey, so-and-so did this. I don't want to use his name, but Joshua. and I'm just kidding. That was terrible. I wouldn't do that. But, but when one of the kids is like, hey, this, uh, your child, your daughter, your son, your daughter uh, did something wrong, guess what? We don't go, that teacher, that teacher's wrong, and you're right. If she's wrong, she's still right. right, right. Well, that went over really good. Let me say it again. If she's wrong, she's still right. Because she's authority. We live in a generation that has no understanding of authority. And if we can get this right in the church, it can bring into alignment some powerful things. There's even an order within the household. I know it's so anti-2017. But when you bring it in order... It doesn't mean less. It doesn't mean weak. It doesn't mean, it doesn't mean you can be abused. And da, da, da. What it means is when we bring things in order the way God designed it, that's where the power comes. When we know our place, then there's grace. We go on an airplane, right, and the stewardess says, buckle your seatbelt. I don't go, I am a preacher of the gospel of Jesus. I've got faith of a mustard seed. I don't need to buckle my seatbelt, woman. I go, yes, ma'am. Functional authority. Functional authority. Okay? When I, you know, once every five years, six years, get pulled over by an officer. I, do you know you were speeding? Yes, I do. Do you know that you look really cool in that car? Yes, I do. No, I'm just kidding. Does it come under authority. Yep, yeah. hey, you know what? You know, how, you know how the Christians in the first and second century turned over One of the most evil, barbaric, and the, we we very easily say, the greatest empire in the history of mankind, the Roman Empire that lasted over 750 years. You know how they did it? Not with knives, not with guns, not with pitchforks. You know how they did it? Paul said, Submit to the king, honor the king. Those of you who are slaves, it's not what Jesus taught. But if you're a slave, you be the best that you can be. And Christianity started moving because people said, this, I'm going to bless God wherever I am. It's so, I know it's the antithesis of what our culture, I'm going to just tell you, when you get into the order of things, it is life changing. Anyways, let's move quickly. Number two, godly environments. Number two, godly environments. Did you know that God filled the upper room on the day of Pentecost before he filled the people in the room? Right. Right. Environment. Praise. Prayer. Filled the house where they were sitting and then fi- uh, filled each of them. Cloven tongues. They began to speak other the tongues as the Spirit gave them the utterance. God fills environments. The devil is attracted to environments. Now, you probably know this. I grew up in Houston, and uh, there are things that live survive, thrive, and grow in Houston, the Bayou City, stinky, hot, humid. Did I say stinky and hot? Stinky, hot, that doesn't grow here, and vice versa. We had a missionary on Wednesday, and before church, he said, what can we go see, you know, two hours? We'll see something real quick. I said, have you ever seen the Redwoods? He says, I've never heard of Redwoods. I said, they're, they're the better, cooler cousin of the Sequoias. yeah. Okay, I thought you guys would like that. And he's like, let's do it. So we went to Armstrong Woods. He's like, I'd love to have a redwood. It's beautiful. I said, look, they're really particular. They want to be like like 15 miles off of the coast. Not any further in, not any further closer. To the, they want to be like 15 miles in. There's like in right up the line. And the sequoias want to be high elevation out, uh, uh, the arid, da, da, da. And I explained it to him. I said, these will not grow in Lithuania. So don't try, all right? there's certain plants that the culture the environment gives permission for certain things to grow and permission for other things not to grow okay the environments that we create in our life attract certain things the environments that we create in our life also repel certain things i want to create an environment that repels the world and attracts god some people have created environments that attracts the world and repels God. Did I already say that? Something like that. You got to know what kind of environment am I creating? We want to create an environment that draws God close. Faith, the Word of God, worship, create the environments. If your environment is always movies in the background, yelling, screaming, this, that, cursing, you know, m- m- music that is, that, 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 belittles women and and you know curses man and curses authority i'm gonna just tell you you're gonna attract attract you're creating an environment that attracts the things of this world is this okay all right no tomatoes have been thrown so far so i think i'm okay number three number three the name of jesus write that down the name of jesus the name of jesus Mark 16 and 17, and these signs will accompany those who believe in my name. In my name. Everybody say, In my name. In my name. name, They will drive out uh, demons. Luke 10 and 17, the 72 returned with joy and said, Lord, even the demons submit to us in your name. There's power in the name of Jesus. But. According to the book of Acts 19, which we're not going to put up because of time, the seven sons of Sceva addressed a man who was demon possessed, tried to cast out the spirit, and the man ended up beating them up, declothing them. They were naked, running to the street like crazy people, beat up and naked. The spirit, that evil spirit, did that. Why? Because they knew the name of the Lord, but they didn't know the Lord of the name. And there is a difference. So it's about being a relationship coming under the authority of Christ and bringing that authority with us and saying, you know what, in the name of Jesus. Because the battle is not yours, it's the Lord's. So I don't fight. I don't, let me just say this, I don't pick fights with devils. Devils have picked, picked fights with me. They've come into my room. I've seen them look at me. I've had them at the end of my bed shake my bed. I've had them speak. My wife and I have jumped up out of bed both at the same time out of a deep sleep. And knew something was in, uh, in the house. We went, and it was in the corner of our living room. We've been there, done that. But the bottom line is this. That's not our battle. It's Christ's battle. I, don't f- I can't fight them on my own strength. When I do that, I'll get my tail whooped. But when I walk in the Spirit, in Christ's authority, I have jurisdiction over all the evil spirits of the world. So when he gives me permission, he says, "Yeah, hey, you know what? This spirit's been coming around, and I want you to address it by the Holy Spirit. I say, Absolutely, I'm not afraid, but I'm not picking fights. I'm not going out to the city and go, the spirit of this city, I adjure you, da, 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 da. No, that's Christ's job. In fact, the Bible says that Christ will put all things under his feet and then present the kingdom to the Father. That's in the book of Corinthians chapter 15, right? And so it's his job to come. He may do it through the church, but at the end of the day, the battle is not ours. So we do it in the name of Jesus. Let me give you one more scripture within this. Philippians 2 and 6. Who, being the very nature of God, did not consider equality with God something to be used as his own advantage. Rather, he made himself nothing by taking the very nature of a servant, being made in human likeness, and being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself and being obedient to death, Even the death of the cross. So he humbled himself, subjected himself, submitted himself, and watch what happens. Therefore, God exalted him in the highest place and gave him the name that is above every name, that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow in heaven and earth and under the earth. So there's a name now in heaven, earth, and under the earth by which has all authority. Amen? Amen. Acts chapter 4 says there's no other name under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved. The name of Jesus matters, it's powerful. Does that make sense? So the name of Jesus. Okay, and and then I'm closing with this. Number four, the word of God. The word of God. You got to know the word of God. You You know how Satan came against Jesus? Not omitting the word, quoting the word. Satan quoted scripture to Jesus. But he was quoting logos. He was regurgitating it. He was quoting it. How many did quotes in, in Sunday school? How many went to Sunday school? We used to do the sword drills. Who could stand the fastest? And they would feed us candy. It was wonderful. Whoever stood up the quickest. Okay, Isaiah chapter fourteen. We oh, got it. Candy, ah, you know. And then we did like we memorized verses. But it's not enough just to be able to quote it, regurgitate it. It's about knowing it. It's about RHEMA word. So Satan would quote LOGOS word. Jesus would speak RHEMA word. He defeated Satan. With the word of God. We got to know the word. This is my last verse and we'll be closing. Matthew 7 and 24. Everyone then who hears these words of mine and does them will be like a wise man who built his house on the rock. And the rain fell and the floods came and the winds blew and beat on the house, but it did not fall. Because it had been founded on the rock. What's the rock? The word of God. Everyone who hears these words of mine and does not do them is like a man, foolish man, who built his house on the sand. And when the rain fell, the floods came, the winds blew and beat against that house, and it fell, and great was the fall of it. The guy who built his life on the word and the one who built his life on sinking sand both had storms. But the one who made it through the storm was the one whose life was anchored to the rock, to the word of God. Amen? Would you stand with me? I want to declare some things over you today. Right where you are, maybe you can close your eyes with me. We're going to close our eyes and bow our heads. If you're here today, no one's looking around. If you're here today and you've been in a spiritual battle, in a spiritual struggle, I want to have you lift your hand. No one's looking around in a spiritual battle we got some hands going up I'm going to tell you today we're going to declare a victory in Jesus name over your life there's power in the name of Jesus Heavenly Father we come to you according to your will we are your church the sheep of your pasture I pray that your people would be free I pray that your people would be victorious I pray that your people Lord Would be free from the chains of this world Every bondage Every addiction Every frustration Every whim of the enemy Every scheme of the Every weapon of the enemy that's come against us I declare victory By your blood I declare victory by your spirit I declare victory by your name There is power in your name.